Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about spring air conditioner checklists, what you need to do to get your air conditioner ready to go. Let's go. In the house of the podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. Each week, we pick a topic, we discuss it in depth. I'm joined by a panel of experts. Today's experts just happen to be Kevin and Richard, managers over the HVAC departments at Any Hour Services. And like we mentioned before, we're going to be talking about getting your air conditioner ready for summer or like getting ready to use it. Like the last HVAC episode we did was like, hey, go and <clears throat> excuse me, go turn it on, but it's not, it's not time to necessarily use it for the entire season. So now we're going to go a little bit more in depth of, of maintenance things that you should do. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in the owner's manual, there's actually a maintenance section. And so we're going to kind of go through and talk about getting your air conditioner ready for spring. But first, is this going to be another no joke episode? You had a pretty good one. Do you remember it? Yes. <laughs> It's never a good thing when Kevin just like goes for his phone and blindly Googles things. <laughs> I'm not Googling. I got a picture of it. Oh, okay. See? Hit us with it. I thought it was a good one. The hitchhiker one? Hitchhiker one. Yeah, that one was good. Picked up a hitchhiker. Seemed like a nice guy. After a few miles, he asked me if I wasn't afraid that he might be a serial killer. I told him that the odds of two serial killers being in the same car were extremely unlikely. And that's funny because... <laughs> <laughs> it means the driver was a serial killer as well. Yeah. And that was, that was probably his MO. He'd just go around picking up hitchhikers. Kind of felt like I was telling a joke to my wife right then because I usually have to explain them, you know, even though I didn't explain anything, but you just did. I was the one that explained yeah, it. Yeah, that's why, that's why it felt like that. I, I didn't want to, like, give, like, a hearty belly laugh for two reasons. One, I just heard the joke, and so I thought, yeah. like, it'd be, you know, not very genuine. But I also wanted to, like, be quiet so that the people listening – had an opportunity to like to pause it, give a laugh and laugh. No, they didn't have to pause. Cause I paused. Like there was a, a moment of silence. They're where, still laughing right now, right now. Yeah. But I don't know that they're laughing at your joke at this point. I nope. think they're laughing at you. I was gonna say us. <laughs> oh, okay. But <laughs> Just trying to shirk ownership, push your ownership away. We're funny guys. <laughs> Just, if you were on the extra mile, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be uh, I like I said, I'm, I'm watching them. They're there. They're, they're going by. All right. People. So, Getting our air conditioners ready for spring. Let's talk about what we need to do. Well, we talked about the last episode. Make sure the cover's off. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> so if you cover it during the winter, go and uncover it. What happens if you don't uncover it? It's going to cause some high pressures on the air conditioner, and depending on what it is, it could damage it. Is it going to, like, fry it right then? No, it's going to take a minute. A lot of them have uh, protections on there to where if it overheats, it shuts down. Got it. Some of them reset manually. I mean, automatically, and some of them you have to, like, physically push a button. So we get those calls in the spring that, hey, it doesn't work. We asked it, you know, was there a cover on it? Yeah. So that's a good idea for manufacturing. <laughs> People are going to cover them and forget about it to put some type of safety mechanism in place. Is that on all air conditioners, or is that, like, something that's on newer air conditioners? Most of them have a high temp cutout on the compressor anyway. Uh -huh. The fan will usually keep blowing. But you're – Seems like the fans, some of the motors, they'll kick out too. But if you figure if the compressor gets too hot and it shuts off and it's covered, and the blower, they're designed to keep running so it can cool things down. And uh, But if it's still covered, then potentially you're going to have issues with the motor too. Yeah, It'd be cool if 
they made a cover that let air in the side but was solid on the top so that way if you did turn it on it like blows the cover off they make something similar to that up in where you get into the snow loads oh really they put like build little houses over them huh type things so nothing can fall straight on it but it kind of protects the top of it gotcha. and then allows the air to get out um so along the lines of a cover when you're out there doing that you should also look at your unit and make sure that you don't have like bushes that are too close okay or in the case at my house my kids for some reason they stack sticks and rocks up around and against and i always have to clear every year i always have to clear branches and just stuff off my ac like do you feel like they're trying to build like an air conditioner fort or does it look like they've got a stick and your air conditioner just happens to be placed like right before you go in the house and that's where they lean their stick because they have every intention of taking that sword or that stick or whatever and playing with it again. Nope, it's out of the way. Do they They, they, they just do they use those sticks to hit your air conditioner? Uh, Going to probably say yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, who knows what kids do? I mean, we've talked about the grasshoppers I used to do. I know I used to do some other stuff, sticking stuff in. So, Okay, so. <laughs> but the, the point is, you want to you make sure the area around is free and clear, the area above is free and clear. Okay. And uh, that's one thing that a lot of people, I think, overlook, forget to do. How far should you trim the bushes back? Because, I mean, I know a lot of people, some people will plant bushes to try and cover it because they think the air conditioner is an eyesore. Mm-hmm. But, like, how far should those things be trimmed back? Gosh, you know, a good foot is a good recommendation, a good rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're like really uh, trying to push your limit on how close you can get, you know, I, I think in our install uh, instructions, it actually says within six to eight inches or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you want the air to be able to freely move around and go through and then be able to freely disperse up above. Yeah, give it a foot. And then if you got the service panel side, make sure there's more room for that so a technician can get in there. Because when they get in there and they will, They'll damage the bushes and stuff like that because foot's not enough room to work on. Yeah, it's it's really tricky. I mean, you've been on those where you show up and people have an immaculate garden. And you're like, I gotta walk through there, you know. And you just you try to mitigate whatever damage you're gonna do. But so, um, in addition to um, you know making sure it's clear, a lot of times during the throughout the year, as that thing is like pulling air in the sides. Uh, you know, those little fins, those radiator uh, type things, they are getting clogged up because when it pulls the air in, it's pulling everything that's in the air. So you've got dirt, dust and uh, cotton wood, grass clippings, things like that. Is there anything we need to do or that we can do to like clean that stuff off? You can rinse the air conditioner outside off. Rinse it off yeah, just, just with a water hose? Yeah, just get a hose, turn the power off, the disconnect, make sure your thermostat's off because we don't need voltage there. And then just take a hose and real rinse it lightly. You know, it's best to go from out inside out. But if it's lightly, just rinse it off. The so hose. through the, like, you've got the fan on top, so reverse. Like, so if yeah. the air is pulling in through the sides, try and spray the water reverse. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. best, but it's going to be hard to get in there. So if it's just light, just rinse it off. Don't put a lot of pressure on there because you get a hose, you know, the water pressure. You can bend those fins and that can ruin it. If nothing else, um, like he's saying, rinsing it, the fins go vertically. So... From top to bottom. Ah, you know, that makes sense. Okay. Um, okay. So outside visually, uh, what are some other things that we need to check? Like, uh, I would make sure the fan blade on top spins freely. You know, get, you know, with the power off, you stick a stick down there and just kind of give it a little twirl. 
how freely like i mean it shouldn't be seized up you shouldn't have to push very hard it should just like move it should be pretty easy yeah okay um what about the connections from the air conditioner to the house or the like the the refrigerant lines and the electrical whips that go from there and what what types of things we need to look for there make sure like the if it has a the, we call it a control wire make sure that little thermostat wire looking thing isn't like bare you don't see copper on that so yeah. that can be some issues down the road yeah you don't want to see actual wire metal poking through you can get especially if you've got like a dog and your dog's out there i mean how often you see a dog's chewed on your wires and it still works but they've like chewed the insulation and a lot of times you're back out there blowing fuses because the dog has messed that wire up. Right. You know, so you can catch some of that stuff. Now, I know on a lot of air conditioners, there's a insulated tube, like a weather tubing that goes that the wires are run in. If those are disconnected or pulled off of the, either the air conditioner or the bottom of the disconnect, is that an issue Do you, where it's... You don't necessarily see bare wires, but it's pulled down and you see the wires there exposed. Yeah, one of the tricky things I think you get is uh, kids. Kids get back there and they find a step to step on. You know, mm. you've got your, your whip, the wire whip that goes from your disconnect and usually loops over into your AC unit. And you see where people have stepped on those or whatever. And it's like you say, you've got those fittings and it can pull the, it's a liquid type usually. Uh, conduit seal tight that's seal what it's tight. called yeah and so you can actually if it's got too much pressure it can pull apart and pull the wires and so it can pull the wires up inside against where they're actually connected in and it can also pull them against potentially something sharp and cut into the wires so yeah i mean if you see if you see that that uh conduit has separated beneath the box or where it's going into the ac and you see actual strands you know wires then that's not a good thing. Probably something to address. What about the insulation that's covering the um, refrigerant lines coming out? Make sure it goes all the way to the air conditioner. There's two lines, and typically, depending on what kind of unit, just your average home has one line will be insulated. Make sure it's insulated all the way to the air conditioner. If not, you know, get a piece and put it on, or we can come out and do some. Now, yeah, the electrical, I mean, I. I, I don't usually recommend the just start messing with your electrical, but if there's insulation off of that, can it just be that black tube insulation yeah. that you get at the store and like just cover? Mm-hmm. So there's a, a thicker line and a thinner line. Which one usually has the tubing on, or the, the insulation? The larger one. The larger line. Yeah. So just get some black insulation, uh, replace that, and then it's, do they need to, usually that black insulation has like a little adhesive strip that causes it to close. Do you need to go back and reinforce that or is it just, Doing that adhesive is fine. It depends on what kind you've got. So some brands are better than others. Gotcha. Type and brand thing. Okay. So that that kind of covers the outside unit. Are there any other things we need to do at the outside unit? Make we've, sure the disconnect's on. Okay. So we've, we've uncovered it. We've visually inspected. Uh, we have, uh, we've rinsed the coils on the outside. And you say make sure the disconnect is on. What does that what does that mean? So the little bro- the box electrical box that's out there by the air conditioner. So follow that seal tight that ke- that tubing that yep. Kevin was talking about should go into a little box on the side. Yep. How do you make sure it's on? A lot of them say on or off and then some of them have little tabs you got to look at and see if it says on or no. So it just kind of depends on which one you have. Gotcha. But make sure that's off, on. Okay. If it's running, it's probably on. Got it. 
And if if you followed the advice from the first episode or the episode we did a couple of weeks ago where we said go out and make sure it's running, hopefully you you found that. But yeah, making sure that the that you got power. Okay, anything else at the outside unit? No, not that you can just do easily visual inspection. Okay. Um, well, yeah, because I mean, I'm sure we'll go over this at the end, but there there is a difference in the, you know in the maintenance section of your owner's manual. There's the list of things that you can do yourself, but then it actually has verbiage that says, in addition to the maintenance that you perform yourself, you should have your system inspected by a properly trained technician. So, so yeah, there's definitely other things that uh, you're going to want to have checked out if you've got the proper tools and equipment and know how to do those things you were laughing i was just when you i was just thinking of a story i had with a customer a few years ago we're sitting because we went out there for the startup Uh uh-huh so we you know turn the air conditioner on at the thermostat go outside the homeowner and the fan motor is smoking that it seized during the winter so it just like smoked that motor so we had to replace the motor oh it was just funny because i'm like i felt bad like "Hmm, let's start it up smoke no good you know that's the thing though they're mechanical they break yep right so okay so i usually will break the air conditioner down into three parts you got the outside unit the inside unit and then the thermostat or you know the around the house part so let's go we just did the outside unit let's go down to the uh inside did i say we just did the inside unit we just did outside unit let's go to the inside also known, like uh, you, if you have a furnace, you probably think like, oh, that's my furnace. But as we've explained several times before, there are parts and components that are used year round for both seasons. And so you do have to go down there and do a few things. What do we need to do down at the furnace slash in- indoor unit? I'm going to take Kevin's because I know he's going to talk about the filter and airflow. Make sure the filter's clean. Change it out. Mm. Okay. Did I steal your thunder there, Kevin? Well, I had that one in my mind. The other thing, yes. <laughs> the other thing, again, along the lines of airflow, is uh, go around, and make sure that your vents and returns and everything, nothing's blocked. Your vents are open. Um, if you're looking, talking furnaces and air conditioners, heating and cooling, uh, your cooling is way more sensitive to the airflow. Really? And so. Yeah, if you have a lack of airflow due to something being blocked off or whatever else, it's going to affect it adversely faster or more than it does. You'll notice it quicker, you know, than it, with your heat. What will you notice? Uh, issues. You know, you can have things start freezing up. You know, you can, <laughs> stuff. You, you'll You're start notice stuff. You will definitely notice stuff. I mean, you you may notice that your airflow starts to diminish a bit, um, even less than. I mean, if you've got stuff covered up, vents and whatever else, you already are not feeling tons of airflow, mm. but it will start to uh freeze that coil over block it off with ice and could potentially just shut your stuff down completely here's what's tricky you know when you're in your car and uh you turn the air conditioner on and you close the vents for the passenger and it takes and it just forces the air out of the other vent mm-hmm. and if you open them back up you it feels you like feel it diminish right yeah and so that carries over to people's houses i think that that might be part of it where it's like, okay, well, it's moving a certain amount of air. So if I close the vents in the areas I'm not using, then I'm going to get all of that air somewhere else. And I set out to debunk that to say like, no, it's bad for the system. And I got one of those air volume little meters with the little fan that measures it. 
put it, I built a box to go over the thing and has the only place for the air to move is like through that fan. So I could measure the velocity and the amount of air coming out. And then I started out with everything open and then I went around the house and I closed the vent and you know what happened? More air came out of that vent. I was like, well, I didn't think that would happen. And then I went and I closed another one. More air came out of that vent. I closed another one. More air came. It. So the thing that is tricky is that when you close the vents, you do get more air out of that one. But explain to everyone, because then I had to then go and say like, okay, well, what are the problems that you're causing when you close those vents? Because if the reason you're closing the vent is because you want more air to come out of that vent, you're kind of accomplishing that. Mm -hmm. But let's talk about the negative effects when that happens. So in order to get, because exactly like you're describing, you can force more air to go different places to an extent, mm -hmm. right? And basically what you're doing is you're increasing the static pressure throughout the rest of the system. What is static pressure? Static pressure is the pressure on the inside, uh, positive or negative, um, that is put against the, the ductwork, the, the force of the air as it's moving. Um, and so these systems, when they're designed, they're designed to function at specific static pressures, mm. right? And they give you a little bit of a range. And so the issue is if you, by closing vents, increase the static pressure in the levels where it shouldn't be running, you're going to have effects, negative effects with the way the equipment runs, right? Um, aside from um, changing the amount of volume of air that's just moving. And yeah, you might affect a little bit there, but I'm assuming it probably wasn't even that, like a ton of air that started coming out of that van, correct? Well, I mean, it was measuring like on a really small scale. So it did, all I noticed, all I remember about it is that it was going up. Mm -hmm. And when it wasn't giving me the data that I thought it was gonna give me, I was like, well, no. okay, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so. yeah, but the, the, that's the biggest thing though. You, you close them off, the system is designed, if I have this many tons of air, this amount of air that needs to be cooled in this amount of time, then I need this much duct capacity in order for it to flow through for this to all function correctly. Got right? it. And correctly means to get the efficiency that you want. Um, and if it gets extreme, because I mean, you could probably close some vents and have it still run mm -hmm. and be okay, you know, not hurt anything because it may still be within the realm on your, uh, within the range on the static pressures. But when you get too much of it and then you add in a filter that hasn't been changed for a while and then you add in just name off a few different things that can affect the airflow well then it's going to start getting into those realms those ranges where it's negative you start freezing up your air conditioning coils mm -hmm. um start making it so your compressor has issues got it okay so we go around we've changed we're at the inside unit or we're inside the house we have changed the filter we have, we're making sure that all the vents and things are open. Uh, and here's, here's something, another reason you want to go. At my house, I got kids. I've got registers that are a little bit old. And sometimes it feels like if, the, if you just walk across the floor, it'll vibrate shut because you've got the wind and they're like, or the air coming through. And so just go around. It doesn't mean you don't have to remember going around closing them for you to end up with some closed vents. So it's a good idea to go around and make sure they're open. Well, and if you have multiple people that live in the house, my wife is famous for closing vents. Um, shoot, I had two of my boys shared a room for a while. And when I moved them out of that room, I went to their vent because I was like, what is poking out of there? And I pulled out three grocery bags full of garbage just that my kids had shoved in the vent. I mean, mm. kids do weird things. Did they shove the garbage in there because... 
they didn't want to take it to the garbage can or because they were like, oh, there's too much stuff coming out of this. What do I have to stuff down here? No, I'm garbage. pretty sure it was. they did One, they didn't want to go to the garbage can and for a couple of reasons. Long ways, and they didn't want to get caught. Was, oh. it, was it candy wrappers? It was candy wrappers. And, <laughs> I mean, you buy, you buy a big, huge box of like a thousand fruit snacks, and all of a sudden they're gone. You know, that's where they are. And we found them. Yeah, we found the wrappers. It was, it was really fun. Any kids listening to the show, your air vents are a great place to hide contraband. <laughs> you know, me, when I was a kid, I used to melt crayons on the vents, but not, never enough to where it blocked off the vent. Mm. Melt crayons on the vents? Oh, yeah, when, was, during the winter or something? Yeah. When it was hot? Yeah, it was funny. We had one of those really old ribbon burner furnaces that mm-hmm. heated. It was like hot. Like it, you touched the vent itself. And it didn't burn you, but it was like, oh, you know, you had to like kind of touch and pull your hand away, but then you can kind of settle your hand on it. It was enough to melt crayons beautifully. Did you figure that out accidentally when a crayon fell on it? Or did, did you, were you just drawing on everything and you were like, oh, wait, instead of drawing I'm this pretty, melts? I'm pretty sure that uh, my brother showed me. Oh, there yeah. you go. Which, which brother? Dustin. Mm. Uh, I was going to say Dustin. Chad. Yeah. No, Dustin's, yeah. I never got in trouble for something that was my own idea. Until I was about 15. Mm. It was always Dustin's idea. <laughs> I'm just awesome. saying. Okay, so we've opened the vents. We've changed the filter. What else inside? Anything down at the furnace that we need to do besides I would, that? I would check to make sure the drain line is actually connected. Because mm. sometimes it, when you're changing the filter down inside that mechanical room, for whatever reason, people use it for storage. You bump that or break it. If you don't check that and you got water dripping everywhere. What is the drain line? How do we know that we're looking at the drain line? Typically, it's a white PVC. It's about three-quarter inch. Okay. I've seen people running hose, like garden hose, but typically it's a three-quarter inch white PVC. It comes out top of the front, like right below the air conditioner, usually right below where the copper tubes go in for the Freon and stuff like that. And you want to check both ends, make yes. sure it's at the coil, and then down at the floor drain, which is typically what people have. Some people have pumps and stuff, but at the floor drain, you want to make sure it's actually – on the floor drain because you know if not it can send water other places Mm. i yeah in in the video that we made about uh you know eight maintenance things you can do yourself i actually show them to take a a cup of water and pour into that drain and and make sure that it's like draining and going because like your your evaporator coil it it creates a lot of water Mm mm-hmm so and okay, so you said some people's are going into a floor drain at my house. It's going into uh, is it a condensate pump? Is condensate what, pump. Uh, so is there anything we need to do to that condensate pump? Because mine's been there for a long time and it looks gross. You know, it's not a bad idea to dump a big cup of water in the condensate pump. You know, fill it up as much as you can till it kicks on. If it never kicks on, then that pump might have a problem. Mm. You don't want to find out that that problem's happening when it's super hot outside um, because. I mean, its whole job is to take the water and pump it to where it can be disposed of. Mm-hmm. And uh, a flooded condensate pump's not very much fun. Yeah, I actually have a uh, a little, man, probably just a dollar, but a little uh, water alarm that I put on the floor down there by all those things so that if something, like, isn't doing what it's supposed to, it gives me a little bit of a warning. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so uh, just pour something into the condensate pump. Does, do you? Is there any benefit cleaning those condensate pumps like taking them apart and just because it it, it seems like it, it builds up yeah some type of sludge yeah if you can clean it then well what happens is you get that dirt and debris that goes into your coil uh-huh. and when it drains off it ends up in the condensation pump mm. 
So that's where it comes from. Gotcha. So then your drain pan gets dirty and it ends up there. So if you're handy enough to tear it apart and clean it, yes, by all means, do that. Well, mine, it, honestly, it, it doesn't even like seem like it needs to be tore apart as much as it it, it feels like there's like a off. little bucket part yeah. and then the, the mm-hmm. lid comes off that yeah. has the motor built into yeah. it. The thing, what you've got to be careful there is some of those drain lines that are put in there. Like if you start wrenching on that to try to get that out, you'll break that gotcha. drain line and then you've got some problems. That's why I say if you feel handy enough where you can do it, then do it. But just be careful doing it because you can cause other problems. <laughs> Maybe mine wasn't done right because things are just kind of like, like nothing's glued in permanently on the lid. It's like the holes were knocked out and they've got things like running into the side because I've got like the water softener discharge pump that like goes into it and, and the uh, evaporation or the condensate line from the tankless goes into it because my house, like my basement, like didn't have any kind of drainage because the sewer line was up a little bit higher. And so I've always wondered like when that thing was going to go out because <laughs> but it's just plugged along. Maybe it's plugged. Maybe sound, I need it. Sounds like a YouTube video. It does sound too. like a video. I'm going to make a video about cleaning that uh, <laughs> condensate pump. Um, okay, cool. So we've anything else we checked down there. Now the venting, we tell them to check that for the furnace, but there's no fumes from the air conditioner, right? Um, okay. I would check the same thing with the insulation on that bigger copper tube. Make ah, sure, okay. sure it goes all the way to the coil. That's the part that's on top of your furnace. Why is that insulation there? Like what's it doing? It's maintaining, keeping the, Keeping the temperature, basically, and then it can create condensation. So if it's open and exposed on top of your furnace, it will drip water down on your furnace and can drip onto your control board and can cause some damage. That's that's what I've noticed mostly is that it sweats. Yes. And so, and then like you end up with the drip down on the furnace. But before I knew as much as I knew, I never really thought about like the, the oh, well, that water. Because I just thought like, oh, well makes a little rusty puddle on the <laughs> on the top and it's ugly but i didn't think about the, all the way through like oh well it's it's running down in and it could get to the circuit board and like mess things up that way so anything else down there at the furnace no you know short of i don't know some some i've known some people that opened up coils and looked in there just to make sure they were clean but i don't know that that's going to be the typical homeowner that's yeah, going to want to get in there and mess with that. So. Yeah. I mean, we made a video showing how to do that, but yeah, that's, that's one of those things where it's a little more that's involved. That, that's one of those things that would be covered as part of like the, you know, the annual service that a, that a company or a technician would do. Cause they're going to check when you talk look, about look airflow. Yeah. As, and that's the funny thing is as, as important as airflow is, you'd think manufacturers would make, they, they put a viewing window down on the furnace door for um, for the LED, LED yeah. like warning error code. Why would I think they should put like a little either a camera inspection hole or or some type of viewing window where you could actually see the coils? Yeah, good thing. I think if you need to have a plexiglass door, you see that's true. That'd be kind of cool. I think I might change mine to a plexiglass door. Is there a problem with that being plexiglass? No. Why don't they do that? I've seen some where they make demo units uh. where they'll cut out a side or cut out a, and put plexiglass in as a viewing so they can show what's going on, but they don't manufacture them. The only thing I can think of is mo- most of those are insulated to keep the temperature and stuff like that. Without, yeah. With the plexiglass, you're not going to have the insulation on there. That's true. Sorry to ruin in- your I was fun. thinking maybe. Invisible insulation. There you go. Okay, maybe not. Good luck with that. I think it, I think all plexiglass comes with invisible insulation. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Doesn't plexiglass? You just go thicker. 
It has insulating value, right? Just so do thicker plexiglass. There you go. I don't know what the R value is of plexiglass. It doesn't matter. You just go thicker. I'm plexiglass a, has to like that. conduct like heat. Oh, maybe it melts when you get the heat going up there. I would have to get pretty hot for it to melt. I would think. Yeah. All right, Google, what temperature plexiglass melts at too? Less, that sounds like another Google. <laughs> that sounds like another YouTube video. I think we just pull out the blowtorches and, uh, and melt some plexiglass. There's a whole lot of the information name of science. here that I'm not going to read through. All right. Okay, so, uh, so that's pretty much it. So down at the – let me just recap. So down at the equipment, we've changed the furnace. Uh, we have – Checked the insulation on the on the lines coming in on the what are the coolant lines coming in. We've checked the drain line to make sure that it's clear. Um, now I know we talk about in the winter we say to make sure that things aren't piled up around the furnace because it needs combustion air to burn the gas. But you does does the air conditioner need? It wouldn't be combustion air at that point, no. but do you need the air coming in for that process? Nope. Feel free to block your furnace off as much as you want. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't block your furnace off in the in the summer, what good is the tip that we give you in the winter <laughs> exactly. to unblock it? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if uh, if that was a thing. Okay, so that's that's good there. Uh, oh, humidifiers because you use your oh. humidifier in the winter. What for those that have a humidifier? What do we need to do? Depending on which humidifier it is, sure. If it's a fan power, typically nothing. Okay, it, it just won't turn on or anything. Now, if it's a bypass, there's a little. Uh, what a bypass is usually there's a a six inch round pipe going from one side, like the return to the supply. You've, there's a damper in there. You just need to close it. Mm -hmm. So that's about it. And usually those are just manually. They say right on there most of them. Now, if you close that um, damper, now mine has a humidistat on it. Do I need to adjust that at all? Depend if it's installed correctly, no, because it should only run while it's with the furnace. Hmm. Now, if somebody's wired it improperly, which I don't, I don't see that. It happens, but not very often. I mean, it's, it's not a bad practice to turn it off. So there are no, there are no older models where you were supposed to shut it down to zero. Not that I'm. Okay, so if it's wired, so you should only have to close that damper. Yes. Okay, got it. Um. Let's see. Okay, so we, we took care of the humidifier, all that stuff. Anything else down at that? No. Okay, so now around the house, we've talked about opening the vents. We've talked about uh, making sure your return airs aren't blocked. Mm -hmm. uh, go around with a garbage bag. Make sure your kids haven't hidden too much trash down in the, in the vents. Candy wrappers. Candy wrappers. Um, the thermostat. Let's talk about uh, what we need to do at the thermostat. Depending on the kind of thermostat that you've got, um, if it's just most of them, if it has an AC, you've got to turn it over from heat to cool so that's going to function. Uh, if it's a more basic thermostat, set it at the temperature that you think you're going to want it to be at. Um, there's a lot of programmable thermostats out there nowadays. And if, it's, if you're happy with the, the program that you've had on it already, then just make sure that it's, I mean, I just run through it really quick. Just make sure that it's what you remember it being and what check, you want it to be. Yeah, check the schedule setting on it. Yeah. Um, now, something that's happened at my house, and maybe it doesn't happen that often, but you never know when it's going to happen. But I, I always tell people, you know, pop the thermostat off the wall, and if it's got batteries, like replace the batteries on it at the beginning of the season, like when you're, you know, replace the smoke detector batteries or whatever. I think most of those batteries, man, they run for 
several years, but I mean, it's not a bad practice to do. Well, that's the thing is that I never know. So I have to assume that not everyone's going to replace their batteries every time. And this might be the first time that they hear it. And so, cause like, I swear the batteries in my thermostat, they probably ran for five, six, seven years before they had an issue. And they just happened to have an issue when we were filming a video, we were filming something else and it got like, it just got really hot in the room where we were filming and i thought like the lights that we were using but they were leds and it shouldn't have been that hot so i went to the thermostat and tried to turn it on and i keep my fan running all the time and it the fan uh down at the furnace it was blowing air but then i went outside and the unit wasn't kicking on i was like this is weird so then i was like i know my steps because i've made this video before so one of the things i did i replaced the batteries in the thermostat and i just put it back on the wall still no still didn't uh fix it until I went down and reset the furnace and turned it back on, then everything like worked and it got cool inside. So, so that's why I usually will say replace the batteries in the thermostat because even though they'll last a long time, I just never know when people are hearing it for the first time. Yeah, and that's not a bad practice. It's not. I mean, so, some thermostats run through them faster than others too. Yeah. So, uh, smart thermostats like your Ecobee, your Nest, and stuff like they don't have batteries. Correct. So that you can replace. Got it. Anything else? I mean, I feel like we went through. I mean, it's not super difficult, the things that you can do yourself. You just need to go through and do those. And then I would say the only other one, like throughout the throughout the summer, as you're working in the yard, you know, cleaning up or, or cutting the grass and things like that, just watch that outside. Unit. Yeah, I would and, recommend, too, like in the last episode we talked about, you know, just start it up and make sure it turns on. I would recommend starting it up and running it on a, you know, somewhat of a warm day when it hits 80, even though your house isn't that cool or that hot, I would still run it for a little bit, you know, give it a half hour or whatever, just to verify it's going to run. So I would, it's not a bad idea to do that. Okay. Well, any final closing thoughts? No, no, not for me, Richard. No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. Well, that's the show. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson. These have been my guests. Thanks for watching or listening, whichever you're doing. See ya.